0: I'm gonna share with you all like a family as I open this message as I as I get into it. Uh it's like uh Kirby when you started with Psalm seventy seven, I, I thought, wow, that this is where I am right now. This is where my heart is. I'm crying out to God about all that is going on. Uh I think all of you know my heart well enough to know that I've I've always been for reconciliation i i 've always been especially uh, in in the african american uh, white american black american issue i 've always been for healing and for bridge building and as a matter of fact when when uh, uh, the, the the shooting happened i can 't breathe george floyd uh, our family, uh, with Madeline, our granddaughter, and John and Ann, and I, we we marched right here locally with Black Lives Matter. We we it was a real peaceful thing. It began with prayer. It was just like a a spiritual event, and we drove downtown Lido. It didn't drive. We walked uh, to downtown Alido and it, it was a great. Uh, but it but it was a demonstration. That was early on. I I, I wanted to demonstrate our solidarity with. With our our black brothers and sisters in America, and I'm aware of the issues they're they're facing, and uh, I, you know, was able to talk to Jamie Winship, who was a Washington D.C. cop, and uh, and you know, he knows their problems among the police, uh, and he believes the hiring need, needs to be changed, and and the training. Uh, and, and he 's got all kinds of incredible insights and wisdom to how we can improve our police forces across the nation and we 've got some amazing chiefs of police, our chief of police in dallas is is an incredible uh, black american and 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 so there is a a, a lot going on, uh, but i I I'm 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 deeply concerned now that the the church, especially the evangelical church, is being pitched as a racist organization, as 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 the the um, uh, the people who have historically promoted racism, and nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, I know, yes, there's been racism, yes, there's been slavery. Uh, But it was Charles Grandison Finney, the evangelist. It was uh, the Charles Spurgeons, though he was in England, made that statement. He said, I would rather sit down with a murderer before I would sit down with a slave owner at the table of brotherhood. Uh, The the Methodist revivalist of the 1700s and even uh, the 1800s when it got really hot and heavy, all you have to do is read these messages and the, the movements and the decisions that were made by our early Baptists, early Methodists, early Presbyterians, all the Christians, they fought slavery. This is not a racist nation. Yes, we've had racism. And as long as sin is in the world, there will be racism because it's pride. It's thinking I'm better than someone else. It's preferential treatment or or showing partiality and all of those things. But the United States of America is not a racist nation. This is why every African I've ever talked to wants to come to America. Every one of them. This would be their heaven on earth one day mr and mrs macady our dear friends were visiting us here they're from the congo and 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 many of you know their stories but we took them uh i was preaching a revival in in fort worth as a matter of fact real close to where we're living right now and so they were with us they were on their way to washington dc mr macady had a a meeting with the educational education department there And so we decided, we went to a steakhouse and it was one of those quick steakhouses. And then another meal, we went to uh, McDonald's. And I remember going up to the speaker and I, I, there were four of us. There was uh, Levy and Julian Makany from the Congo and there was Sherry and me. And I went up to the speaker and I said, four Big Macs and four Cokes, please. And then I drove around. And I mean, when I arrived, that lady was handing bags of Big Macs and Cokes through the window, just like it was just rapid. And Mrs. McEnany just (laughs) exclaimed, she said, you Americans, you won't have anything to look forward to when you get to heaven, you've got it all here. And I'll never forget that. For most Africans living in America, Most black Africans living in America is very close to getting to heaven. I'm just saying that to say that it's so important that we think properly. For example, uh, Katerina Bradford. What she has recently written, those articles that she has written, those are amazing. This is the kind of thing we need to be doing from the pulpit. We need to be doing it from the pew. She's writing. And and, and of course, that's not going to go into the, 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 the Ventura newspaper. That's not going to make the Los Angeles Times because they're carefully screened. But what Katerina wrote about uh, Newsom's edict uh, that schools would be closed and Christian schools could not uh, reopen either. No one could reopen. What Katerina wrote is like pure science. It's, it's accurate. It's compelling. It's persuasive. I mean, that article she wrote just showing that uh, what, that why they opened up in Europe back in April, right after COVID and, and, and all the, things that are out there. Now I'm not saying that Katerina is absolutely right and then she wrote about uh, the uh, bringing down the Father Sarah statute that the uh, Ventura City Council voted to do that and Katerina wrote an excellent article telling the truth about Father Sarah. Yeah he wasn't the perfect man but uh, the facts and the history and the science, I'll call it, that she brought out is compelling. Sherry used to tell our kids those same stories that I read that Katerina, uh, I read in Katerina's article. Uh, if if what what I I'm feeling today, that's going on, and I'm deeply troubled by it. Uh, it's it's frankly something that uh, is 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 uh, hitting me in the heart on a on a daily basis is that the information in our culture is being controlled. Google is very powerful. We all know that. Has perhaps any other company ever or any other government, any other organization ever been more powerful than Google? I doubt it. You put Google and Facebook together, but yet if a video goes up by a bunch of doctors who are frontline physicians and they're bringing out the science, they're bringing out the facts. It's just not the facts that go with the current narrative that's being spoken. It's a little bit too close to maybe what the president and his administration believes. So that is just tossed. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's censored. It's censored from Google. It's taken down so we don't have access to it. It's becoming harder and harder to get all the information out there that we need, because this is an age of information. We have ready access. People can access information while I'm talking. You can be, and probably are, you've probably already Googled it to to see if what, and, and people have instantaneous information. But what I see going on is there's just being a uh a censorship from what I would call a biblical worldview or some would call a conservative uh but and it I'm not saying it's not always been that certainly it's always been that way I I understand that but today we're seeing it like never before now when Kirk Kirby wrote, uh, read, (laughs) he didn't write Psalm 77, he read Psalm 77, but when he read that, I thought that's exactly where I am, and that's why I've chosen as a passage of scripture today from Habakkuk, because I sense the same frustrations that I believe Habakkuk was feeling. Habakkuk, Well, James, why don't you pull up those slides and we'll begin with Habakkuk chapter three. We'll, we'll, we'll start with those verses beginning at verse 17 through verse 19. So if James will pull those up. This is the song of Habakkuk. This is his chorus. The whole book has been building up to this moment. And now he's giving us the chorus of his song, the theme song. And uh, as a matter of fact, at the end of Habakkuk, it says to be set to music, to be played with full orchestration, so everyone can sing it together. Habakkuk believed in a song. And here's here's the chorus of that song in verse 17. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines. The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, he makes me walk on my high places. I love the old King James. He says, he makes my feet like hinds' feet, so I can walk on the high places of the earth. There's a sense in which Habakkuk is he is in such a national struggle he and what he's doing in this book habakkuk is uh is basically regurgitating to god all the people that the people are saying he's representing the people to god he's not talking to the people about god he's talking to god about people he's he's interceding habakkuk this prophet is just talking to god And this is a conversation that Habakkuk and God are having together. And it all starts out with this. God, justice is a joke. What are you doing? Our cities are being burned down. There's violence in the cities. Law and order have ceased. There's no law and order in the streets. You can cry, help murder police, but there are no police. They're being hamstrung. They're being, there's lawlessness everywhere. There's violence, there's chaos, there's anarchy, and there's great injustice taking place in our nation. Why God, are you letting that happen? And so for one chapter Habakkuk basically complains and then after he says why 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 and you know I always say that you know if you ask the wrong question you'll get the wrong answer and why is not the right question why is a disempowering question why is a powerless question why is 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 the the question of people who are in self-pity. Why? Why, why? I think four times Habakkuk uses that word. And so he's asking why, basically complaining to God. And then God answers him, oh, I see what's going on Habakkuk, I know. And I've raised up the Babylonians. (laughs) And they're going to come in and they're going to wipe these violent people out. And the violence that he's talking about are the people in his own country. So I'm gonna raise up another nation. I'm gonna raise up the Babylonians and they're gonna come in and they're going to set things straight. And then boy, that just really sets Habakkuk off. God, you are of pure eyes than even to look on evil. So how in the world would you judge your people with a country, a nation more wicked than us? I mean, they are the wickedness, the wickedness of the, they are wicked. (laughs) They are bad. They literally are the worst of the worst. And you're going to use them to judge us. You know, we often lose sight that often God does that. He does the opposite of what we think. We think that God ought to judge something like this. God ought to do it like this. And here he does, he raises up Osiris to get his people out of Persia back into Israel and rebuild the temple. And here God is using evil Babylon, the worst of the worst, to judge his people. And so again, Habakkuk is just saying, God, why? I don't understand your ways. I don't understand what you're doing. And then after that chapter one of struggle, we've got chapter two, of silence. And the last verse of chapter two to me is the key to Habakkuk's change. Uh, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence. And the chapter begins with Habakkuk saying, okay, God, I've talked enough. I've let it all out. I've just poured it all out. Just like I've kind of poured it all out to you all this morning. Now, God, speak to me. So I'm going to station myself on the watchtower. I'm going to position myself and station myself with expectation. I want to hear from you. There's so many voices out there drowning out. I want to hear you speak, Lord. What do you want me to know about what's going on? What do you want me to do about what's going on? He doesn't say it in those words. Basically, he says, read it beginning at verse one, chapter two. I will take my stand at the watchpost and station myself on the tower and look to see what he will say to me. What I will answer concerning my complaint. In other words, what answer I can give to not only me, but to all the people I represent right now. I I need an answer, God, for these people that are clamoring with their questions. And the Lord answered me. And see, God is so faithful. He is so faithful. If we will bring our questions to him, If we will bring our issues to him and just quietly, humbly bring them to him and shut up and listen. Yeah, that's it. Shut up and listen. And the Lord answered me. Write the vision. I'm giving you a prophetic revelation. I've started it and I'm going to finish it here. What I'm about to say, I want you to write it down. And make it plain on tablets so those who read it can run with it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. There's an appointed time to this. Habakkuk, don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, You've got to be patient. You must wait upon me because there's an appointed time to what I'm doing. Because you see, if I would put one phrase above all of the book of Habakkuk and over a whole lot of the Old Testament, I would say, God is that blessed controller of all things. Since 1973, a long time ago before many of you were born, that phrase, has been my go-to phrase. It comes out of 1 Timothy chapter five, but God is the, the only omnipotent, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the only high God. And I, I looked at the Phillips translation of that and it's, he's the only omnipotent God dash and, and Phillips puts the blessed controller of all things, the king of all kings and master of all masters. God is the blessed controller of all things. All things work together for, for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose because he's the blessed controller of all things. And the word blessed there is happy. He's a happy God, happily controlling. And you think, wow, this doesn't feel very happy to me. COVID-19 doesn't feel very happy. All the things that are going on, the racial riots, all the injustice, the churches are taking it on the chin right now it doesn't feel very happy but god who knows the end from the beginning the blessed controller of all things is working all things out so the vision is yet look and see what oh goodness gracious already through and haven't gotten through the vision awaits its appointed time it hastens to the end it will not lie if it seems slow wait for it for it will surely come it will not delay And then he goes on and he answers, if your soul is puffed up, you're not going to hear this. But chapter two, verse four, but the just Habakkuk will live by their faith. I want you to live by faith. And so if you will live by faith, I'll give you a song of hope. And that's what God gives to Habakkuk, a song of hope. And that's what I just read. This is a song that though, though i am jobless though i lose my job and i'm homeless though there's no food in the pantry no milk in the refrigerator though my children are all sick and and and, and though the wrong man is in office <laughs> though the wrong congress is running the show though injustice is turned up on its ear on its head though Lawlessness continues to run rampant, though abortion and even infanticide take over, though injustice replaces justice, and though entitlement replaces personal responsibility. Listen to what he says though so all of these bad things happen in our lives. And we can personalize that that verse, I believe. Though this, though this, though this, though this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. That's the source of my joy. That's the source of our joy. And we rejoice in the Lord. I mean, we stand back and in the middle of all the junk that's going on, and we say, God, I praise you. I thank you, I sing my song of hope, because I know you're the blessed control of all things, and I know you will fulfill your word, and I know that justice is gonna run down like a mighty river, and it's gonna flood this earth. And even in the middle of Habakkuk's calamity, listen to this promise. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. So we can take joy in the Lord and rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because he gives us strength and we can walk like, I mean, we have feet like the feet of a deer and we can walk on the mountains. We can walk on high places, places we could never go in our own strength, but we can in the strength of the Lord. This is, this is my, this, my hope for the globe. I, bel- I see Africa becoming such a center. Uh, and this is not just me. By the year 2050, missiologists, statisticians from the Gordon-Conwell uh, uh, Seminary, uh, which houses the, the Center for the Study of Global Christianity, uh, Dr. Johnson leads that. And Dr. Johnson in a video on the, on the front page. And these are the facts. These are uh, Pew Research gets their stuff from them. Because they study global religions and global Christianity. They know what's going on in the world. And by the year 2050, one out of every two Christians on the planet will be African. I know why. And if you've been there like Kirby, you know why. They're on fire. I've been watching four guys for 40 years on fire. As much on fire today in LaPont, they're leading LaPont and Togo. They're on fire. And that fire hasn't gone out. And the, the passion of COVID 19 is to get the gospel to everyone that hasn't heard. And I believe that God is going to shake this earth and do it do it in a way like He's going to raise up us all. and uh, and and China. He's he's moving in China places where you know we think oh the horrible Chinese they're screwing us at every corner and they're doing this and they're doing that and and they're going to kill us and they're going to destroy us. What about those millions of born again? believers who have been in prison in China that are there right now, that's a remnant that God looks at. When he looks at China, he sees that remnant. It's a powerful remnant. And I mean that remnant, they are accompanied by signs and wonders, the very hand and presence of God all over the place. And they're on their way across that 1040 belt, Islamic belt, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to every person on earth. So I see the glory of God filling the earth as waters cover the sea. And if we'll sing that song of Habakkuk and sing it by faith, by faith, we will have hope. And that's my hope. Well, Father, I thank you so much for your word. I pray that you'll just delete every one of my words from the consciousness of every person that's just heard me speak. And that you would impress only your words. Holy Spirit, you're the real teacher. You're the real teacher. Really, we don't have anyone. We don't need anyone to teach us because the anointing, you are the anointing. You who abide in us, you will teach us all things. Father, before I close this, I I thank you for for Tim and Tanya. I thank you for the way they have wisely and skillfully led us through these turbulent times. I thank you that holding down a full-time job, he has pastored us and shepherded us well. I praise you for the gift of Tim Wagner. I thank you, Lord, for what you have done in his life and through his life and how I sense the momentum building at Mercy Chapel every single week. I thank you for Kirby. Tim had such a burden that there'd be one other elder pastor alongside of him before he could take that job. And you graciously... And supernaturally raised up Kirby and you've put him alongside and I I thank you father for what you're doing and I trust you you who know the future that you will guide Mercy Chapel to her greatest days give Tim and Tanya a wonderful time of refreshment as they're away for this brief time and and may all of us today Take hope and have a heart of hope. And so in the name of Jesus, I speak over you. Have a heart of hope. Do not be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. The Lord is your strength. The Lord God is your salvation. And he will make your feet like the feet of a deer and you will run on the high places of the earth. Father, I thank you. what you're doing in Jesus name. Amen.